Welcome to another episode of our podcast, where today we're going to unravel the mysteries of a cutting-edge paper titled Sphinx, the joint mixing of weights, tasks, and visual embeddings for multimodal large language models. Absolutely, Tom. This research comes from a collaboration of various institutions, and it presents Sphinx, a multimodal large language model that's versatile and robust. Now, multimodal means that the model can understand and process more than one type of input, right? In Sphinx's case, we're talking about vision and language. Exactly. Multimodal models are like the Swiss army knives of AI. They're designed for a wide range of applications, including understanding images and text together. So what makes Sphinx stand out in the world of multimodal models? Great question. The researchers behind Sphinx introduced a weight mix strategy during pre-training. This is like making a smoothie with different ingredients, where they mix together the knowledge from two types of data, real world and synthetic. A data smoothie, I like that. It's mixing not just data, but the actual model weights that have learned from this data, gaining insights from both synthetic and real world scenarios. Precisely, think of model weights as the individual learnings or experiences of the model. By mixing them, Sphinx gets a richer understanding of the world. They didn't stop there though. They also mixed different tasks into the training process, allowing the model to excel in not just one, but multiple capabilities, like complex question answering about images and various visual perception tasks. This essentially turns Sphinx into an AI generalist, capable of handling different challenges without needing to be retrained for each one. And as if that wasn't enough, Sphinx's approach also includes mixing visual embeddings, Jen, could you break that down for us? Imagine visual embeddings as different styles of painting the same subject. Some capture the broad strokes while others focus on the fine details. By mixing visual tokens from different encoders such as CNNs and vision transformers, Sphinx gets a comprehensive understanding of an image's features. Art and AI, a beautiful combination. But don't forget, Sphinx went even further by introducing a strategy to process high-resolution images. It's like having a sharper lens to notice the finer points, combining global understanding with local details. Oh, that's a huge leap in AI image processing. And the researchers didn't just propose these methods, they proved them with extensive performance benchmarks showcasing Sphinx's superior capabilities. I'm already excited about the potential applications, Jen. This could transform fields like remote sensing, medical diagnostics, and autonomous vehicles. Agreed, Tom. The Sphinx model is not just a step forward in AI, it's a leap into the future of multimodal learning. That wraps up our episode discussing the innovative Sphinx model. Jen, it's been a pleasure as always to explore the frontiers of AI research. Likewise, Tom. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Make sure to tune in next time for more intriguing insights into the world of artificial intelligence. Stay curious. Has your birthday party been a real drag on lately? Are you itching to add some burn to your birthday turn and turn your party into a legend? Well, your wishes have been granted. Introducing the hottest thing in tech, sound effect, Tiny Dragon Roar. Nano Draco Dynamics. These aren't your grandpa's drones. Oh no, they're dragon drones. That's right, Jen. We're talking microscale dragon-shaped drones buzzing with charisma and actual fire, minuscule enough to dance on a dime. 
Want to light up your birthday candles with a flare that will have your guests fired up with envy? Each Nano Draco comes equipped with a teensy-weensy flamethrower guaranteed to spark joy and candles. Or how about accessorizing with a touch of a fantasy? These dragons loop around your wrist, forming a bracelet that moves as you do. They whisper sweet nothings and might even roast that pesky mosquito that's just out of swatting range. But wait, what's that on your shoulder? Oh, that? That's just my personal dragon, making sure nobody's giving me the cold shoulder at parties. With Nano Draco Dynamics, every occasion becomes legendary. Birthdays, anniversaries, even your weekly game night. So listeners, it's time to unleash the miniature mythical in your life. Nano Draco Dynamics, because who doesn't want a little dragon in their pocket? Not recommended for use near flammable curtains or in-laws. Nano Draco Dynamics is not responsible for singed eyebrows or increased coolness levels. Fly responsibly. Check them out now and tell them Tom and Jen sent you for a fiery 10% off your first order. In a playful mystic Nano Draco Dynamics lighting up lives one tiny flame at a time. Hey listeners, welcome back to our show. This episode is a mind bender and eye opener all rolled into one, wouldn't you say, Jen? Absolutely, Tom. Today we're diving into the fascinating world of AI and visuals with the paper titled To See is to Believe, prompting GPT-4V for better visual instruction tuning. You might be wondering what all of that means. In simple terms, this research looks at how AI can be better trained to understand and generate instructions based on what it sees in images. And not just any images, but detailed ones with lots of subtleties to consider. The researchers from Fudan University and University of Maryland are tackling a big problem in the AI world. Many AI visual systems learn from text descriptions of images, but those texts aren't always accurate or detailed enough. And that's where GPT-4V comes into the picture. It's like the Hulk of AI models, with the V standing for vision. The researchers used it to create a dataset called LVIS Instruct 4V with over 220K instructions that are super detailed and closely aligned with the images they describe. Traditional methods might tell you there's a car in the image, but LVIS Instruct 4V will say, the car is a shiny red two-door convertible with a racing stripe down the middle, parked by the curb on a busy street lined with maple trees full of autumn leaves. Precisely. And when they use this fine-grained dataset to train another AI model known as LAVA 1.5, the results were significantly better across various benchmarks. It's like going from standard definition to 4K ultra-high definition in your AI's understanding of visuals. That's a great analogy, Tom. And even more so, they found that their system could crank up its performance further when this rich dataset was mixed with the previous instruction sets used for training. So the big takeaway is this. When AIs have access to more detailed and visually grounded information, they perform way better at tasks that require understanding and interacting with images. It's a game changer for applications like helping visually impaired individuals better understand their surroundings or creating more immersive and interactive AI experiences in gaming and virtual reality. We're seeing a future where AI can not only tell you what's happening in a picture, but also provide context, details, and even make reasonable assumptions about the world it sees. Now that's both informative and entertaining. Yes, and before we close, shout out to all the people behind this research. 
Their findings have thrown open the doors to a whole new level of visual machine understanding. Absolutely. Kudos to the team. And that's a wrap on this episode of To See Is To Believe. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Don't forget to check out our show notes for more details on today's topic. See you next time for another deep dive into the ever-expanding universe of AI. Stay curious and informed, listeners. Goodbye for now. Have you ever dreamed of twirling like the pros but kept falling over your two left feet? Introducing the ultimate twirling tech from Pirouette Bots, Inc. That's right, Jen. Slip into the future of dance with the auto-arabesque Android Ballet Slippers. With these high-tech hoofers strapped to your soles, you'll be executing pirouettes with the precision of a programmed prima ballerina. AI meets Swan Lake. These smart slippers use space-age sensors to ensure your feet find their form. And gyros that guide you to greatness, making sure every batu is beautifully balanced. But that's not all. When the battery runs low, swap the PK for a plug-in. It's like giving your shoes a sip of an energy drink. So whether you're a seasoned dancer or you've got the grace of a galloping giraffe, Pirouette Bots Inc. will have you spinning with sophistication. And for a limited time, use promo code SPINNYBOT to get 10% off your very first pair. Twirls and tech on tippy toes. Get your feet in the future. Because with Pirouette Bots, if you can charge a phone, you can channel Pavlova. Get yours today and start recharging your repertoire. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, where we tackle some of the most fascinating topics in the world of science and mathematics. I'm your co-host, Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to dive into today's subject, the paper, Realizability of Free Spaces of Curves. I know it sounds a bit technical, but folks, we promise to make it as clear as crystal by the end of this episode. Definitely, Tom. So let's start with some basics. This paper is all about the so-called free space diagram, which is a nifty tool used to calculate something called the Fréchet distance between curves. Think of Fréchet distance like a measure of similarity between two curves, where by curves we mean any wiggly line, could be a walking path, the shape of a mountain range, you name it. But Jen, doesn't this Fréchet distance sound a lot like measuring how long a leash you need when walking a dog along these curves? Right on the money, Tom. The free space diagram helps us understand whether you can walk your furry friend along these paths without the leash stretching past a certain length. And this isn't just a quirky concept, folks. It has a bunch of real-world applications, like geographic data analysis and even comparing protein chains. But, and there's a big but, not all patterns you see in a free space diagram can actually happen in real life. So the authors had this cool question. Given a pattern in this diagram, can we find a pair of curves in the real world that would actually make this pattern? It's like looking at a dance step pattern on the floor and asking, can people really dance this way? Precisely. And the answer to this impacts how we compute these distances and might help design more efficient algorithms in the future. Before we get too lost in the weeds, Jen, let's talk about the complexity of this problem that the paper lands on. It's what's in the math world known as being CIRA-R complete. Yeah, that's a fancy way of saying it's a pretty tough nut to crack computationally, especially for curves in high dimensions. The cool thing is it goes hand in hand with this classic problem in computational geometry called distance geometry. And the verdict? 
Well, for curves in more than two dimensions, finding out if a free space diagram is realizable is indeed R complete. For 2D, we get a mix. There are known algorithms for special cases, but it's still pretty complex in general. But there's a silver lining for 1D cases. For continuous Frechet distance, the problem is hard, but not as hard as in higher dimensions. They even came up with a clever algorithm that can handle it. Pseudopolynomial time, fancy term for somewhat doable. And for the discrete world? It turns out that for 1D situations, life gets a bit more algorithm-friendly, and it's solvable in polynomial time, meaning the math wizards might not need their crystal balls after all. In a nutshell, understanding the relationship between these diagrams and real curves is kind of like solving a piece of the puzzle that is computational geometry. So there you have it, dear listeners, a headfirst dive into the deep end of computational geometry and the surprisingly tangible world of free space diagrams. Join us next time as we demystify more cutting-edge research and fun sciences mustard. I mean, must-knows. Until then, stay curious, keep pondering, and remember, the world is full of wonder. You just have to know where to look. Signing off, I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Catch you all on the next wave of discovery. Are you tired of pruning the petunias and still worrying about those pesky undead neighbors? With Bloom Doom Elted, fret no more. Our anti-zombie roses are the perfect combination of aroma and apocalypse preparedness. Imagine a rose bush that not only enhances your garden's beauty, but also sends zombies shuffling in the opposite direction. That's right, Tom. With a scent like Eau de Garlic Sunshine, you'll be saying goodbye to brain eaters and hello to garden pleasure. Each thorn is like a mini zombie deterrent device, making zombies forget their gnawing cravings faster than you can say compost. And we're not just talking your average shrubbery. We've got climbing roses for that fortified floral fence and tiny terror-repellent bouquets for your kitchen table. Keep your gray matter in your head and let Bloom Doom's roses guard your flower bed. So if you want to tickle your nostrils and protect your noggin, visit Bloom Doom Lilted because together, where petals protect against the undead. Welcome back to our weekly podcast where we break down complex topics into bite-sized, easily digestible knowledge snacks. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're diving into something that might sound like a mouthful, but is incredibly relevant, especially if you live in areas prone to wildfires. Our topic is optimal load shedding for public safety power shutoffs. Right off the bat, Jen, when we hear load shedding, we might think it's about losing weight, but it's actually about power management. Load shedding is what happens when utilities need to intentionally turn off power to prevent disasters like wildfires from happening. Exactly, Tom. And this podcast episode is inspired by a paper from researchers Aniruddha Rao, Chandrasekhar Venkatraman, Robert Ellis, and Chetan Gupta from Hitachi's Industrial AI Lab and more. They tackled the problem of how to smartly reduce power in the grid during strong winds that can cause massive wildfires. Those winds can lead to tree branches hitting power lines, which, as Jen mentions, is a recipe for a wildfire. To prevent this, utilities preemptively cut off power, but doing this haphazardly can cause other problems like power outages at hospitals or emergency services. Enter the superhero of our story, a multi-step genetic algorithm. Now, a genetic algorithm is something out of a sci-fi film, isn't it, Tom? 
It's inspired by natural selection and can find solutions to complex problems like which part of the electric grid can safely have its power reduced. And to give us a real-world perspective, in 2018, California, utility power lines caused the devastating campfire. The solution proposed in this paper could help prevent such tragic events. This multi-step genetic algorithm they discuss thinks about load importance, meaning it ensures that essential services like hospitals don't get shut down during these power shutoffs. It's like a smart system that knows who needs the power most and tries its best to keep the lights on where it matters. This way, we minimize the impact on important services while keeping everyone safe from potential wildfires. The paper details how this approach can be more effective and quicker than traditional methods. By prioritizing loads and shedding power where it's safe to do so, we can protect the public without causing unnecessary disruption. And it's tested using a real power system model, the RTS GMLC network, which is set in high-risk wildfire areas of the U.S. So it's not just theory. This approach has been put through its paces in simulations that mimic real-life scenarios. The key takeaway from this research is that it's possible to manage PSPS events smartly, limiting power shutoffs to non-critical loads, and maintaining power where it's most needed. Well, Jen, it looks like once again, technology might just save the day. And there you have it, folks, a quick run-through of the paper Optimal Load Shedding for Public Safety Power Shutoffs. Tune in next week for another enlightening chat on a completely different topic. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay curious, stay informed, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, Jen, you ever feel like your room is just missing that mythical sparkle? Oh, Tom, I thought it was just me. I crave enchantment with my morning coffee. Well, perk up those elfin ears because we've got the perfect sponsor. Introducing Fairy Smoke Fantasia, Inc. Dial up the daydreams with the whimsy whiff where magical mists make mundane miracles. Want a room that smells like a fairy just fluttered by? Try Pixie Puff. Or light up your lounge with a shimmering sprite steam. It's glittertastic. But wait, there's more. The Goblin Gush might just make your in-laws vanish into thin air. Ha! And for that medieval vibe without the medieval cold, Dragon's Breath Draft is your fiery friend. Illusionary flames, zero burns. Just remember, fairy fans, fairy smoke is potent. Overdo it, and you might be rhyming your shopping list. So grab a bottle of the fantastical and let your senses soar with Fairy Smoke Fantasia, Inc. And as the pixies of podcasting, we've got an exclusive offer. Mention our show. And you'll get a mystical discount on your next whimsy whiff. Float on over to fairysmoke.com slash podcastmagic to claim it. Fairy Smoke Fantasia, Inc. Because who doesn't want a daily dose of delightful delirium? Use responsibly and always enjoy your flight of fantasy. Welcome to another episode of Coherent Explanations, where we take complex topics and break them down so everyone can understand. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to embark on a journey through the mysteries of machine learning. Today we're delving into the topic of feature emergence via margin maximization, case studies in algebraic tasks. Now I know that sounds like a mouthful, but we're here to make it digestible. Absolutely, Tom. Let's first unpack the title itself. The paper discusses feature emergence, which is essentially about how a neural network algorithm learns to recognize important patterns or features in the data it's being trained on. Right. 
Neural networks are like computerized brains, and features are like clues they pick up to make decisions. The paper is all about figuring out why neural networks pick up certain clues or features. But Tom, what's margin maximization? Good question. Think of margin maximization as teaching our computerized brain to be confident in its decisions. By maximizing the margin, you're essentially telling it to not only be correct, but to be sure about its correctness. That makes sense. Now the paper focuses on algebraic tasks. These are mathematical problems, but not just any kind of math problems. They're structured and involve operations like addition or figuring out parities, which are just whether the sum of numbers is odd or even. Definitely. Before we dive deeper, it's important to mention this isn't just theoretical. The authors use clear-cut algebraic tasks as a way to peek inside the black box of neural networks. That is, understand why they make the choices they do. The black box issue is huge in machine learning. It's like having a genius friend who gives you all the right answers but never explains their thinking. Not ideal if you need to trust their judgment in critical applications. Now, for the main technique. The authors use this principle of margin maximization to fully predict the features learned by neural networks. Think of it as them saying, if we set up the learning process a certain way, we can guess what the neural network will end up focusing on. Exactly, and they prove this through their case studies. These range from teaching neural networks modular addition, that's adding numbers within a specific range, like how clock hands cycle from 1 to 12, to more complex operations in groups of numbers. Let's picture the modular addition scenario. Say you're trying to teach the network to add numbers on a clock. The authors found the networks didn't just learn this willy-nilly. They followed a computational strategy that maximized the margin, a strategy that can be predicted. And what's fascinating is that the network seemed to develop almost a geometric understanding, picturing numbers as positions on a circle and addition as combining rotations. Brilliantly said, Jen. And if you want a more vivid image, think transformers. No, not the robots. Transformers as in cutting-edge neural network architectures used for tasks such as translating languages. Right? They applied similar architectures to these algebraic cases and saw the same principles at play. To sum up, today we've cracked the surface of how and why neural networks learn specific features guided by a principle called margin maximization. And although applied to algebra here, this understanding could potentially spread its wings to a range of fields, from natural language processing to computer vision. Thanks for joining us as we made sense of feature emergence via margin maximization. Stay tuned for more complex topics made simple in our next episode. And remember, learning is a feature, not a bug. Has your sunset been stolen by stubborn clouds again? Or perhaps that perfect Instagram shot was ruined by a rogue ray of light. Fear not, for Photon Harpoon Inc. is here to save the day. With our flagship product, the Lumen Whaler Pro, you can reel in those rambunctious rays. And control your photons like a cosmic cowboy. Yeehaw! Speaking of cowboys, meet Harold the Photon Harpooner. He's not just a marketing mascot, he's a lifestyle. With his radiant smile and Lumen Whaler Pro, he navigates the light waves like a pro. Harold knows that no light is too fast, no beam too bright. And now you too can join the ranks of astral anglers and luminary lassoers. With the Lumen Whaler Pro, you can take aim and capture that elusive gleam, reeling in the light, one beam at a time. But wait, there's more. 
Get your hands on our glow-in-the-dark merch and become the beacon in the night. And for the armchair harpooners out there, we've got you covered with our DIY kit. Photon Harpoon Inc., where the fun shines bright and the photons never escape. So grab your harpoon and join Harold. Because with Photon Harpoon Inc., you're not just capturing light, you're embarking on the ultimate luminous adventure.